So we are in the season of fasting right now. Okay? And we are one week into our 40 days fast and pray. So just to share with you, I am doing an intermittent fast. All right, what is an intermittent fast? It means you fast for a period of time, then you can break fast and you can eat stuff, all right? So what I'm doing right now is I'm doing 18 hours of fasting with a six-hour window to eat, all right? So I start my fast from 8 p.m. all the way until 2 p.m. Then I'll take something light and then I'll have dinner, all right? So practically, I'm fasting breakfast, lunch, and supper, if you count supper as a meal, Okay? I think Malaysians all count supper as a meal, right? So I'm fasting, I'm doing intermittent fast, 16, 6, 18 hours. What I'll do is I'll be, I'll be tuning it up a little bit more. So every week I'm going to add one hour. So today onwards, I'm going to fast 19 hours uh, and there's a five window, five window opportunity to eat. So today I'm fasting, I'm only breaking fast at 3 p.m. Wow. That's... <laughs> That's three and a half hours from now. So hopefully by the end of, uh, by the, end of the fasting, I'll be fasting 23 hours with a one-hour window. But I, I do want to try to achieve at least 24 hours for three days with just water fast. And you know, it takes a while to get into the rhythm of fasting. You know, the first few days, you're all excited. You're enthusiastic. Like, yes, I'm going to fast. I'm going to go all out. I'm going to do water fast straight away. Anybody? No? No? One, oh, very good. Huh? Only me. Huh? So I'm excited about the fast. But, you, but the thing is, we say we want to go full on into this. But after three, four days, you, know, you start to question yourself. You start to ask, uh, why am I doing this? Huh? Uh, is, it, is it worth it? Is it worth it? And you're questioning yourself because you know why? Because your stomach is making so much noise, it's grumbling, it's churning, it's asking, it's saying he wants, he wants food. And you've been denying your stomach of food. Your stomach was made to take in food. To take in food, to digest it. It's meant, it's made for that. But now you've got no food inside. So your stomach is growling and then you, your withdrawal symptoms kick in and then you get fatigued, tired, headache. It's true. Third, fourth day, I was so tired. I was so not in the mood. I was grumpy and I was just like, oh, I need to sleep. I need to sleep. I went to sleep early. Right? It's true. Do you know that the growl, the growl in your stomach is caused by this hormone called ghrelin. Ghrelin. It is a hunger hormone that, tr that is, is in your stomach, that goes to your brain and triggers your brain to say that you are hungry. It is time to eat. You know? And it is this hormone that causes your stomach to growl and to groan. And because of this hormone, you don't have to remember that you are hungry. You don't have to schedule it down. I'm hungry. No. Why? Because your body has grilling. And grilling comes and attacks you and reminds you and says that, hey, you are hungry. So grilling attacks you, all right? Grilling, not gremlin, all right? Who here remember the show Gremlin? The little critters that go around, right? Yo, I remember that show. Not, not too bad. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not that young, right? Yeah. So gremlin, that was... So grim... I'm oh, sorry, grilling, grilling 
attacks you. Not gremlin, okay? Ghrelin attacks you. It causes your stomach to growl and to groan and to grumble. What it causes is letting you know that it wants to eat. And the growling and the groan emerges from your stomach. And it will only stop when you feed it. And for some people, it is feeding it McDonald's. McDonald's. Anybody? I, I, I'm McDonald's. Yeah, my mother-in-law is like giving me the stare right now. So unhealthy. Oh my gosh. Or for some people, it is village park nasi lemak. The chicken with the little bits, rampa on top. Oh my gosh. So good. Three and a half hours more to go. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> so, and your growling and your groan will only stop when you feed it. So we need to get used to this groan throughout our season of fasting, you know? So who, who over here, whose grilling is working very hard right now? I know mine is. I know mine is. Anybody else? Anybody else? Well, wow, everybody's so good lah. Boy, praise God, praise God. God is doing wonders in your... Yeah. You know, I know mine is working very hard. And honestly, I, I think I have a lot of grilling. Yeah. So anyway, jokes aside, we are one week now into our fast and it is usually about this time where we feel as if God is recreating a miracle, a miracle that He did in the book of Joshua where He made the sun stand still. You know, you're probably thinking, hey, it's time to break fast. It's the evening. When you check, it's oh, still morning. Huh? Oh my gosh, like right now I'm counting three hours, 40 minutes. Because the sun is standing still right now. But anyway, I am praying for God to give us spiritual grilling in this house today. That spiritual grilling will cause us to groan and it will assault us and attack us and remind us, hey, it's time to eat the Word of God. It's time to come into prayer. It's time for an encounter with God. So I am praying for an awakening of spiritual grilling in this house today. Amen? Amen. So that's why the title of my message is Awaken the Groan. You're probably saying, hey, Pastor, my groan already awakened. Like you talk about McDonald's, village part nasi lemak. I'm so hungry now. You know, God is probably doing that miracle you're talking about. Sun stood still already. Anyway, my passage today will be Romans 8, verse 12 to 27. All right? And I know that this is the word for this weekend. This is the word. And how do I know that? Because while I was preparing, God gave me numerous confirmation. And the, the latest confirmation came just yesterday, where one of our intercessors released Romans 8, 17, 18 to 27. And God told this intercessor that someone will unpackage this passage. She did not know that I will be preaching on Romans 8, verse 12 to 27. You know, so God, this is the word of God in this sense. So pay, atten pay close attention. Why don't we pray right now? Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for 
this move that you are doing. We thank you, Lord, for the fast that we are in. And we ask, Lord, that in this season, would you awaken the groan within us? Would you awaken our spiritual grilling that even now, as we read into the Word, Lord, there will be such a hunger for your Word. There will be such a hunger for more of your things, Lord, for more of you, Lord. And we pray that this Word will come alive and this Word will assault us, Lord, and change us, Lord. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' most mighty name we pray. Amen. Alright, let's turn to Romans 8, verse 18 to 27 first. Let's read from 18 to 27 first. It's going to be shown on the screen. Can we all read together? Can we do that? I'm going to count. One, two, three, okay? One, two, three. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labours with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. God bless the reading of His Word. If you notice in this passage, from verse 18 to verse 27, there are three groans that are mentioned in here. Groaning is mentioned three times. And groaning happens by different parties, different people. So what we're going to do today, because the title is called Awaken a Groan, we're going to read and find out about this groan, all right? So groan number one. Groan number one can be found in Romans 8, 22. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. So groan number one is creation is groaning. Now let us look at the narrative here and understand why creation groans. You see, in verse 18 to verse 22, we will see a few of the languaging over here. In verse 18, you will see the word suffering. All right? And then in verse 20, you will see the word futility. And then in verse 21, you will see bondage of corruption. Like, there are, in this just four verses, there are three negative connotations. Suffering, futility, and bondage of corruption. You see, when God created the world, when He created creation, He said it was good. God said it was good many, many times. He created something and He said it was good. He created something and He said it was good. The total number of times that God said it was good is seven times. 
It can be found in Genesis chapter 1. You can read Genesis chapter 1, verse 4, verse 10, verse 12, verse 18, verse 21, verse 25, verse 31. Seven times. Seven times he said he saw and it was good. What does this mean? It means it is good. It is very good. It is good, period. Because seven is the number of perfection. So what God is saying, it is perfect. It is so good there is, that there is no ounce of badness in there. But then we, we read Romans and we see futility, suffering, the bondage of corruption. Why is there such a vast difference from he saw and it was good? So futility, suffering, bondage of corruption. Well, when God created man, man was commissioned to rule and subdue the earth. However, because of sin and the plot of Satan, the first man, Adam, disobeyed God and man did not fulfill his calling. You see, in Genesis 3 verse 17, God said this, Cursed is the ground because of you. So you see, the ground has been cursed because of Adam's disobedience. Because of Adam, creation was subjected to the curse which results in sufferings, futility, and the bondage of corruption. Creation, which was once good at the very beginning, did not stay good. So what was good, which is creation, experienced a fall along with men. And creation is groaning. It is groaning because it is not able to fulfill its purpose which is to be under the rulership of man, which God intended it from the beginning. In verse 19, it says, creation groans in earnest expectation and eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Creation is groaning and awaiting for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. Who are the sons and daughters of God? It's us. We are the sons and daughters of God. Creation is waiting for us. But right now, we are in our fallen state. Yes, yes, Jesus came. He died on the cross for us. He took our sins, all our iniquities to the cross for us. He made us new. We are renewed. We are being redeemed. But, but we are not yet in our full glory. There is something to come. There is a hope to come where we will be in our full glory. And when we were redeemed, creation, however, was not redeemed just yet. The curse was still upon the land. And that's why creation groans. That's why creation groans. It is waiting for us sons and daughters to waiting for us to be in our glory state that when we are in our glory state we can then take rulership and we can subdue the earth and then creation will be fulfilling its purpose and we see the groans right now 
We see in the sky, we see it on the earth, we see the rumblings through society. That's why we see so many plagues, so many pestilence, so many pandemic. Right now, we are still in the midst of COVID and then we hear of another pandemic happening. The monkeypox is happening. Next time, we will have the oxpox. They will have the oh, chickenpox got ready. Hawkpox. I'm just going through the, the food, the, all the animals because I'm hungry right now. So anyway, oh, my stomach just growled. The ghrelin is working right now. So... <laughs> <laughs> there are so many things that are happening. Natural disasters are happening, right? There are earthquakes, there are floods, there are tornadoes, hurricanes, and we are seeing this even in Malaysia right now. Floods are happening in places where there should not be floods. We are seeing freak storms happening. We are seeing further glaciers all melting. The earth is groaning. Creation is groaning. And the groan of creation is intensifying. Just like how it's mentioned in verse 22, like birth pangs in labor. It will only intensify. Things will only get worse. Church, I'm not trying to scare you, but it's stated in the Bible. It is true. We will see more and more of this in our time and in the future. So, number one, creation is groaning. Creation groans for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God, us, so that it can come under our rulership in our glorified state. And when creation comes under our rulership in our glorified state, they will be glorified as well. And you see a glimpse of creation's glorified state in Isaiah 11, 6 to 9. See over here, I'm going to read for you. It's going to appear up as well. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat, the calf and the young lion and the fatling together. And a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. The young ones shall lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play by the crowbar's hole. And the weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the water covers the sea. You see, the earth does not have that full knowledge of the Lord just yet because we have not come into that glory. Once we come into that glory, we bring the full knowledge of God to creation. And then we see all of this happening. We see all of this happening. You know, in Revelations 21, we know, we know in the future, there will be a new heaven, a new earth. New Jerusalem will come. But you know, when we say new, it doesn't mean God will wipe away the old and then bring the new. It is written in the word of God that He shall make all things new. It did not say, He shall make new things. No. He shall make all things new. Creation will come into His glorified state and it will be redeemed. It will be redeemed. Over here, Isaiah 6 says, the wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. In the future, I don't know whether we'll be vegetarians or not. There's a wolf, dove, the lamb, leopard, the young goat, calf. You know, you know, if it's vegetarian, 
Wow, susah, man. No more lamb chop, way. No more steak, way. Oh my gosh. My stomach just growled again. Anyway, anyway, that is the first groan. Creation is groaning. Let's move on to the second groan. The second groan is found in verse 23. Romans 8, 23. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. So the second groan, we are groaning. We ourselves are groaning. Now you may be asking, what's the first fruits that is mentioned over here? The first fruits mentioned over here is a foretaste, a preview of what is to come. The Holy Spirit has given us a foretaste of heaven. Do you remember a time when you came to know God? When you came to know God as your personal Lord and Savior, even throughout, before that time, all the way until that time, and even slightly after, you feel your heart beat, beating so fast, you feel racing, you feel like, wow, there's, there's something happening, something is happening in my mind, in my heart, my body, and then when you say the salvation prayer, suddenly, this, is, this was for me, okay? When I said the salvation prayer, suddenly a weight was just lifted off my shoulder, I felt so light that if I jump, I can hit the ceiling. So light, seriously. Remember that feeling. And after that, when I read the Word of God, the Word of God came alive and it spoke to me directly. It spoke to me. When I worshipped God, wow, I felt, I felt the presence of God so strong. And not in, those, not in just those times. There are moments, there are seasons where God gives you those growth, where God gives you a foretaste of what is to come. I remember those seasons and I know in the future, there is going to be more and it's only going to be better. No, we kind of know what's going to happen in the future. It is written in the scripture. Yes, it's, it's a little vague and it's open to interpretation, but all of us, we have experienced it a little we have tasted it. The Holy Spirit has given us a foretaste, a foretaste of His presence, where when we come to heaven, when Jesus comes, His presence is going to be all around, always 24-7. A foretaste of healing, when we come, when Jesus comes, there is no more sickness, no more illness in the house. Amen. You know, growing up, whenever we... Whenever I went for meals, my parents would take me to hawker stores and we would eat. And I'll always look for the Western food stall. I've, I'm very angmore, okay? I, I'm, one of those, I'm one of those boys where, uh, one of those children where in school, the teacher, say, one of, the teacher was giving an example, Aaron, you are Chinese. Then I would say, no, I'm not Chinese. They say, why? They say, I speak English. Therefore, I'm English. I'm like, who can relate? Anybody can relate? I see a few hands, right? Got a few, right? Yeah, I'm not the only one. But I'm always very angmore. I always look for the Western food uh, stall at a hawker center. And I will order, always order steak. Steak is so good. But one day, when I was around 10 to 11 years old, my parents brought me to a proper steakhouse. Back then, the, the sheep was very popular. Who knows the sheep over here, 
right? It looks like a shape of a boat. So when you're a kid, you're like, I'm going to a ship, yeah. I got the, got the steering wheel and all that. Yeah, so awesome. And then I ordered sizzling steak. Oh my gosh. Wow. Guys, music to my ears. All the sizzle comes out, right? When it comes to his all sizzling and splitting, then it comes in a, in a cow-shaped, cow-shaped plate. And then my parents, I remember the first time I hear, you know, Sir, how would you like your steak done? I'm like, what's he saying? <laughs> what's that? Like, you, you can have your steak done in a special way? My parents said, give him, give him medium raw. I'm like, okay. And when the steak came, I cut and I eat. Oh my goodness. It melt in my mouth. And I'm like, I've, I will never see steak the same again. And now, it's so hard to go back into that hawker store steak because I know that steak cannot anymore. Now, you want more of that melting steak in your mouth. Now, you want a bit more marbling. Oh, yo. Wagyu. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> oh, no. Three more hours. Okay. <laughs> Think of it this way. Remember, remember the time when the chore spies went into the land of Canaan and they brought back the fruits of the land, right? They brought it back to the camp of Israel and they said, this is the land flowing with milk and honey. We've tasted it. Here are the first fruits. They tasted it. And what does it mean? It means that when they enter the land, they're going to have more of this stuff. They're going to eat this stuff and they're going to enjoy the grapes, the pomegranates, the figs. Oh my gosh, the figs. Pomegranates, fresh pomegranates, so nice, right? And that is what the Holy Spirit does in the life of a believer, you know? It lets us experience initially and also in an ongoing way, little bits and pieces, a foretaste of what heaven is going to be like. So church, we've tasted We've tasted heaven. The Holy Spirit has given a foretaste of what heaven is going to be like. And there's going to be more. More. Amen. Somebody say amen in the house. See, the second part of verse 23 says, We ourselves groan, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. In other words, we, we have already been adopted into the family. But the full reward of the adoption has yet to come. You will see later in Romans 12 to 17, he says that we are co-heirs. Now we are heirs and co-heirs. What does it mean to be an heir of the king? There is an inheritance that will come. So right now we have been adopted into the family and we are waiting for our inheritance. And our inheritance is our glorified state, our new resurrected body, being one with God, filled with His presence, always in the presence of God. So church, we eagerly groan and wait for the adoption for the adoption, the redemption of our body. Paul describes this in 2 Corinthians verse one, verse, chapter 5, verse 1 to 5. For we know that if our earthly house, he's talking about our body, this tent, he says the tent, is destroyed, tents are, tents are flimsy, right? 
We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal, not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. A house not made, yeah. For in this we groan, you see, we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. We desire to be clothed with God's presence, to be in His glory. If indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent grown, right now we're in this body, we grown, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now, he who has prepared for us this very thing is gone, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. See, the Spirit as a guarantee, a foretaste, the first fruits. We've tasted and now we are groaning for the full adoption, the transformation of even our physical bodies because He has put eternity in our heart. Going back to Romans chapter 8, verse 24 to 25. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Basically, what is saying here is that we were saved for this hope, the hope of the glorified state, the hope that we can be one with God, the hope that we can be cloaked in His presence. And it has not been revealed to us just yet. We've been revealed, just a glimpse, but not fully. And because it's not revealed, we are eagerly awaiting. Like the stick I had, I'm eagerly awaiting to break fast right now to have more steak. Talk about too much about steak anymore already. Like, we eagerly wait for it. I'm eagerly waiting for my steak. We are groaning for it because we have eternity in our hearts. Also, our body, you say, Paul said, is a tent, right? Our body is decaying, deteriorating. It is the second law of thermodynamics physics is the law of atrophy, right? Atrophy. Where if you, it says that if you put something alone, it will deteriorate. And we are now like that. We are slowly deteriorating. But soon, soon, we will be in our glorified state. But in the meantime, because we are deteriorating, we are getting older, uh, sometimes wake up also pain, do a bit too much also pain, Right? That's why we groan. I mean, physically we are groaning, but internally we are groaning as well. So that's the second groan. We ourselves are groaning. Now let's move to the third groan. The third groan can be found in verse 26. Romans 8, 26 to 27. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Here we see the Holy Spirit groaning. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness because 
We are in our fallen state. We are decaying. We are deteriorating. We are in our sinful nature. We sin. Our body is weak. Our body is frail. And by the power, it is only by the power of the Holy Spirit that we are able to operate and we are able to operate in the Spirit. He gives us supernatural strength. He gives us words of knowledge. Amen. The Holy Spirit is groaning. And He says that we do not know what we should pray and that the Holy Spirit makes intercession praying for us with groans. And it says here, He who searches the hearts, that's God, knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit and God are one. And because they are one, when Holy Spirit prays, He is praying the will of God. He is praying the will of the Father in heaven. And who is He praying for? He's praying for you. He is making intercession for us. You see, because Holy Spirit is one with the Father and one with Jesus, therefore, He knows our full potential. He knows how we ought to be in our glorified state. And because we are not in our glorified state just yet, because we are in our frailty, we are right here groaning, Holy Spirit groans for us because it longs, us, longs for us to move into our glorified state. It longs for us to have more of God. It longs for us to transform, to be more like God. And that's why Holy Spirit is groaning, interceding for us so that one day we can achieve our full destiny, that one day we will come into our full glory. So there are three groans in this passage. Creation is groaning, we are groaning, and the Holy Spirit is groaning. Can you say this with me? One, two, three. Creation is groaning, we are groaning, the Holy Spirit is groaning. The Holy Spirit is groaning deep within us, right? Because it knows our full potential and it's longing for that fulfillment. And honestly, deep down inside, we know we know that there is this sense of this sense that we are supposed to fulfill something. We know deep down that we sense that we are supposed to do something. We are made for something. We are made for something great. I know all of us feel that. We are made for a purpose. And you know what? A lot of times we feel this longing for, for greatness. We feel this longing that we are supposed to do something with different things with our career advancement, with our promotion, with our wealth, our health, our family. We, we feel it with different things. But you know what? It falls to futility. When we get that promotion, a few days after that, you'll be like, hey, I'm longing, the longing is still there. When we get a certain bonus, like, hey, the longing is still there. And we crave for more and that's why we try to, to do different things to fulfill ourselves. We go on different holidays, go here, go there, try to achieve this, hit many achievements, level up here and there, you know, but there is a cry and a groan deep within us that only God can fulfill. Only God can fulfill. And the Holy Spirit is groaning for this. So, we need to awaken the groan of the Holy Spirit. Because when the Holy Spirit groans, Holy Spirit is God. And He's groaning, interceding to God. On behalf of us, God is praying 
to God. Do you know what happens when God prays to God? Things happen. Things happen because he's praying the will of God. So we need to awaken the groan of the Holy Spirit within us. How do we do this? Well, we are doing it right now. We are fasting and praying in this season. So the most effective way to awaken the groan of the Holy Spirit is by praying and fasting. Now let's go back to Romans 8, 12 to 17. Romans 8, 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, not to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage, again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. You see in verse 5, we are not debtors to the flesh. It means we do not owe the flesh anything. You have no obligation to the flesh. And when you are fasting, it is a representation of putting to death the flesh. For some of you, you might be saying, I'm feeling like I'm going to die because of hunger. I can relate, I know. But when you are fasting, you are saying to the flesh, flesh, I do not owe you anything. You have no hold on me. You have no hold on me. So there's this famous illustration, famous story where a lot of people like to, like to, to share. You know, where someone who has just accepted Christ tries to explain what it's like having the spirit and the flesh living together. He says, I have two dogs inside of me, a little one and a big one, and they are always fighting with each other. Then somebody asks, well, which, which one wins? And the fellow answers, whichever one I feed. You see, the little one represents the spiritual life because he just came to know God, right? The big one represents his sinful flesh. It's been there a long time. He's been feeding it a long time. But he says, whichever one I feed wins. So when he feed the little one, the spiritual life, the spirit, it wins. When you feed the spirit, essentially you are starving the flesh. But if you feed the flesh, you starve the spirit. Now, if you've been struggling with things of the flesh, I'm not just talking about food. I'm talking about other things. I'm talking about lust, lust of the world, monetary things, material things, sexual temptations, pride, anger, greed, gluttony, and so many more, right? If you are struggling with any of this, I want to encourage you to join us on this fast. It's not too late. We are only one week in. Just fast one meal. And you will see when you fast, you awaken the groan. When you fast and you pray, fast means abstain from something and prayer. If you abstain from food and you're not praying, that's called starving yourself or diet. Okay? Fasting means abstain from food and pray. When you fast, you awaken the groan. You awaken the groan. And when you awaken the groan, 
the Holy Spirit speaks and intercedes for you, speaks to the Father, and you will see things begin to change. So when you fast, you are silencing the big dog, the sinful nature, the flesh, and you are giving the Holy Spirit a chance to voice out and speak out in your life. When you fast and pray, you are awakening the groan and not just awakening the groan of the Holy Spirit, but you are tuning it louder and louder and louder. You are saying more of you, Lord, more of you and less of me. So when you fast and pray, you are awakening the groan. All right? But when you fast and pray and the Holy Spirit groans within you, something else happens. You are igniting spiritual hunger. See, when the Holy Spirit groans louder and louder and louder and you tune in and you listen to the Holy Spirit and you listen, what does it mean? You listen and then you obey. That is tasting, having a foretaste. And when you taste it, oh man, you'll be hooked. You'll be hooked. You will know that it is good. And when you know it's good, what do you do next? You go back and you listen some more. You listen and you listen, then you obey and then you taste. Then wow, it's good. And it becomes a cycle and cycle. And spiritual hunger is awakened. Spiritual hunger is ignited within you. Amen? Amen? So that's what happens when you fast. One, you awaken the groan of the Holy Spirit. And number two, you ignite spiritual hunger. You see, fasting is a very spiritual activity. And there is a principle that what happens in the physical affects the spiritual. And what happens in the spiritual affects the physical. A clear example of this is Exodus 17. When Moses sent Joshua to fight the Amalekites, as long as Moses held his hands up, the Israelites were winning. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that I raise hand, we win. It doesn't make sense, right? Physically, logically, I mean, logically, it doesn't make sense. But it doesn't have to make sense to know it's true because the Bible says it's true. When you are fasting, the world will be saying, it doesn't make sense. Why are you torturing yourself? Why are you depriving yourself of that yummy, juicy, marbling steak? Why am I? Why? But you are doing that. You are doing that because you know the physical affects the spiritual. And when you are doing that, you are saying, flesh, I'm dying to the flesh. I'm saying, God, I need you more. I need you more. And when you fast physically, there is a massive spiritual ramification. The physical act of fasting has supernatural results. Why? When you deny the flesh, you allow the Holy Spirit to lead. Stated in verse 15, when you allow the Holy Spirit to lead, you are called sons of God. And then when you're sons of God, the Holy Spirit speaks to you. God speaks to you. And when He speaks, He speaks according to His will. And Holy Spirit intercedes for you. He's interceding to God. God speaking to God. God praying to God. His will will be activated in your life and a supernatural breakthrough will happen. So when you fast, you awaken the groan, the groan of the Holy Spirit that will intercede the will of God for you. 
You ignite spiritual hunger. You taste and see and you want more. And you listen and then you taste and see again. And number three, it leads you to supernatural results. You know, church, there were two times when I took the fast very, very serious. I take the fast very serious every year. But there were two significant years where I took it very, very serious and it yielded supernatural results in my life. The first time was in 2015. And at a point of time, I was fasting because I met a girl, my wife. Now it's my wife. But at that point of time, uh, I just met her. Just met her. And I decided that I would do things differently. I will not pursue her just yet. I will not flirt with her. No, no, no. I will seek God and come to God and lay my feelings and surrender. I will lay, I will put to, to, to death the flesh. All the things that I, I want to do in pursuing a girl, I, I decided I won't do that. Instead, I will submit to God. And out of that fast, God gave me confirmation after confirmation after confirmation that she will be my wife. So after the fast, yeah, praise God. Praise God. I have an amazing wife. After the fast, I told her, I told her that, you know, that I have feelings for her and this, da-di-da, here and there. But the thing was, when I pursued, when I started a relationship with her, I knew for a very fact that she was going to be my wife. It was 110%. God did not just tell me that she was going to be my wife, but He gave me an amazing, amazing love story. If you want to hear it, take me out for stick. <laughs> I will tell it to you. It's crazy. There were a lot of moments in life where God just confirmed. He provided and He, he, he gave confirmation. Numerous times there were dreams, there were visions. I'm like, wow, supernatural results. Supernatural results. The second was just last year, 2021. And this time I fasted because I felt probably, it's probably the time, probably time for me to move in full time. And that fast resulted in me coming in full time. You know, church, it's been 10 months now since I came in full time. And you know what? I am still seeing the results of the fast, the supernatural results, the hand of God that has been affirming me, that has been confirming to me that I've done the right thing. It's amazing. After 10 months, I still feel like it is my first day in church. The excitement, the thrill is still there. So if you want supernatural results, in your life, I want to implore you to fast. Join us for this fast. I'm going to close right now. I'm going to close with this passage, Exodus chapter 2, 23 to 25. Now it happened that the process, in the process of time, that the king of Egypt died, that the children of Israel groaned, you see, groaned, because of the bondage and they cried out and their cry came up to God because of the bondage. So God heard their groaning and God remembered His covenant with Abraham, Isaac and with Jacob. And look at this. 
25. And God looked upon the children of Israel and God acknowledged them. In verse 25, it says, God acknowledged them. Let's move to the next slide, in verse 25. And then in a different translation, in the message translation, it says, God understood. In NIV, it says, God was concerned for them. But look at the NLT. God knew it was time to act. So you see, when you fast and when you pray and when you awaken the groan and the groan comes out and there's a cry that comes out, you move God into action. He knew it was time to act. You see, it says that creation groans and labours with birth pangs. When it comes to the labor process, my wife is pregnant now. There's one more month before, before she's due. You know, she, and she makes me watch a lot of labor videos. Okay, like one, one. You see contractions, like you know, all the groaning, right? In the process of labor, there will be times of contractions where there will be groaning. But at the same time, after that, there will be times of release where suddenly it becomes at ease, right? But you see, we need the contractions, we need the groanings before the release comes. Throughout history, mankind's history, there has been groanings of creation, human, and even the Holy Spirit groaning, crying out, contractions. And then there's been moments of release. And this release is when the Holy Spirit releases His Spirit on the earth, which we call revival. The Moravian revival in Hernhardt, Germany, started off as a prayer altar. It started off as a prayer altar. It became a 24-7 prayer altar. And they were groaning and they were asking for God. Groaning so much that God gave a release. And then it released that altar, that 24-7 altar became a 100-year 24-7 altar. They prayed non-stop for 100 years. And not just that, not just that, out of that groan, out of that groaning, out of that release came the first ever Protestant missionary movement that went all across the world. And it impacted so many people, including John Wesley. Impacted so many people. The Welsh revival started with the groan of one man, Evan Roberts. He listened in, in a service and the, the, the speaker was saying, God wants to bend us. And he heard that cry, which is true, the cry of the Holy Spirit. And he, he resonated the cry and he said, God, bend me, bend me, bend me. And he groaned and he groaned, bend me. I want to surrender to you, you bend me. And because the result of that groan, a release of the Spirit came. The Welsh revival came. A revival so great that pubs and bars closed down. So great that even newspapers showed the number of salvations. Imagine that. And then we have the Azusa Street revival where a man, a black man named William Seymour, in the height of all the atrocities that was happening, 
he prayed together with seven other people in a house and they were groaning and they were calling out for God. And then God gave a release. The great awakening came. You know, till the day the baby comes, labor, birth pangs, which is the second coming of Christ, there will be contractions, there will be times of groaning, and there will be times of release. But we need to know that the contractions and the groanings are part of the process. That is why we need to awaken the groan. If you need a release, in your life, if you need revival in your life, in your family life, in your work life, in your career, in your financial life, in your ministry, in our church, if you need a release or revival in our nation, we need to groan. We need to awaken the groan. We need to groan. And we need to be in that place of contraction. And we need to cry out, God, we need you more. We need you more. More of you in my life. More of you in my family. More of you in my nation. We say we love our nation. But are we praying for our nation? Are we groaning for our nation? We say we love our families. But are we crying out for our families? We say we love our friends. I'm praying for their salvation. But are we groaning? Are we crying out? Because the Holy Spirit is groaning. Church, we need to groan. We need to cry out to God. We need to cry out so that one day, God will give the release of the Spirit that He said in verse 25. He understood. He acknowledged. And that it is time to act. Church, this is a Holy Spirit moment right now. Just want to ask you to all, let's all stand. Let's all stand in reverence with God right now. We're going to sing this song, I Need You More. And in this time as we sing the song, we're going to groan and we're going to ask God. We're going to ask God for more, more Holy Spirit, more of you in our lives. Holy Spirit, groan. We need to awaken the groan of the Holy Spirit because we need more of you. Without you, we can do nothing. And when the Holy Spirit groans, He groans the will of God. So we need your groan, Holy Spirit. We need you. We need you. We need you. We need you. Let us sing this song together. church, you've heard the word of God. You've heard the word of God awaken the groan. And now you want to awaken the groan of the Holy Spirit within you. This is a Holy Spirit moment right now. Right now we're going to open the altar. If you want to awaken the groan within you, if you want to release a revival in your life and you say, Lord, I want to awaken the groan of the Holy Spirit within me, we want to open the altar right now to you. Come up right now. Come up right now. And the Holy Spirit will minister 
to you. He will awaken the groan within you. He will awaken the cry within you. If that is you in this place and you say, God, I want more, more. Lord, let this cry, let this groan deep within me, Lord, come forth, Lord. Let it emerge more of you, more of you, Lord. Lord, we say, Lord, we love our nation, we love our families, but Lord, now we want to groan. We want to grow. We want to move into a time of contractions and groaning so that we can see a release of your spirit in this place. We ask for more of you, Lord. If that is you in this place, we want to open the altar right now. Why don't you just come? Come and let the Holy Spirit minister. Come right now. God is in this house. God is in this place. And He wants to make a transaction with you. He wants to engage with you. He wants to encounter you. Would you respond to Him this day? Would you respond to Him? As ministry is happening in front, the altar will still remain open. If you want to come up, come on up. We would like to pray for you. God wants to encounter and engage with you. There is one more call that I want to make today. And this call is for those of you who do not know Jesus. You've heard of who Jesus is. You've heard about the Holy Spirit, but you do not know Jesus personally and today you want to know who is this Jesus this Jesus that will come down from heaven take the sins of the world upon himself and go to the cross and die for my sins take on everything and die for me he took the wages of my sin he died for me. And today you want to know Him. This call is for you. It's as easy as A, B, C. A, you accept Jesus into your heart. B, you believe in Jesus. And C, you confess that He is Lord and Savior. If that is you in this place, I want you to raise your hands right now. I want to pray for you. If you have not received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior and you want to do so this afternoon, raise your hands. Raise your hands. Is there anybody in this place? Anybody in this place? Anybody that would like to receive Jesus? So just wait a while. So is there anybody in this place? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, there was a call in our second service. You know, that passage you felt, and I'm feeling it right now as well. That there is healing in this room. That God wants to release spiritual, supernatural, spiritual healing in this room. And a call that God wants to release and bring you back to your prophetic destiny. So right now, if there is any of you 
with a back pain, would you, would you raise your hands? If there's any of you with a breathing problem, when you breathe, it hurts. And your ribs hurt, especially your left rib. It goes all the way to the back. If that is you, raise your hand. Raise your hand high. Raise your hand high. We have one, two, three. Anybody up in the balcony? Four. If there's any more of you, raise your hands. Heavenly Father, we ask, Lord, for a release, a release of your healing power upon your people, a release of restoration upon the bodies of the people here right now. Right now, we speak healing into the bodies. We say bodies come into the submission, come under the submission of the Lord Jesus Christ and pain be gone right now. You have no right. You have no right to be in this body. Be released right now and release your healing power. Release your healing power right now. Right now. And anybody else that feels, that feels that there is a left knee, left knee pain right now. Left knee, raise your hand. Left knee. We've got a word of knowledge. Left knee and a right calf. Left knee, we got one hand there. Anybody else with a left knee? I've got, I'm getting calves as well. Calf pain. Your pain your, your, there's pain in your calves. Right now, anybody else? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Two. One, two. Alright, let's pray. If there's any more, you can raise your hands. God is healing in this place. Heavenly Father, we ask Lord for your spiritual, for your supernatural release right now, Lord. Lord, let supernatural healing come upon our brothers and upon our sisters that there will be healing. There will be a measure of healing. Lord, you've seen the groans. You've seen the contractions. Now, Lord, we ask for the release of your spirit. Fall upon them. Fall upon their lives right now. In Jesus' most mighty name we pray. Amen. If there's anybody else and there's a pain that you are feeling, I want you to put your hand on the pain right now. If it is your heart or your chest, put it on your chest. If it's a back, put it in your back. If it's a head, put it in your head. Right now in Jesus' name, we speak healing and restoration. In Jesus' name, let your spirit fall and come. Let the shalom peace of God come and be upon the bodies in this place. We thank you, Lord, that you are releasing your healing power. We thank you. In Jesus' most mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you have received a measure of healing right now, I want you to raise your hand. If you felt something, if you felt a release, if you felt a, 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 a sensation, raise your hands. We have one over here. Anybody else? Anybody else? We have two. Anybody else? Anybody else that have felt something like the Spirit is moving, a release or a pain elevated? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. God is moving in this place. Amen. Amen. And right now, God is calling people back to their prophetic destiny. Now I'd like to close with this prayer. Can we have everybody raise their hands? 
Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are moving in our midst. We thank you, Lord, that you are releasing your spirit. We thank you, Lord, that a groan is beginning to come forth, Lord. Lord, we ask, Lord, that you awaken the groan. You awaken the groan, Lord, that the Holy Spirit groan will now come forth and it will intercede on behalf of us. It will bring us back to our prophetic destiny, Lord. Lord, lead us back to where you want us to go, Lord. Lead us back to your presence. Lead us back into your will, Lord. So we ask, Lord, more of you in our lives. More of you in our lives, Lord. Lead us, Lord, and let us achieve our prophetic destiny, Lord. Lord, one that you've called us, Lord, for, Lord. So we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Lord, in the days, in the weeks, in the months to come, Lord, would you speak to each and every one of us, Lord, that if within us, there will be a cry that will emerge, Lord. So we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you are doing something in this place. We thank you, Lord, for such an amazing weekend. Right now, we ask, Lord, that you separate us now with your love, Lord. That the Lord bless you and keep you. That the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. That the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you the shalom peace of God every day in your life. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' most mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God.